Hello, creatures of the COVID realm. We appreciate your presence today and hope to intrigue your ears and stimulate your imagination. While the realm does appear to be broken and battered, we would like to assure our viewers that through hard work and personal responsibility, we can get back to a place pre-COVID-19. For the podcast today, we have Miss Trisha Zegarelli, owner of Dance Work Studios. During the duration of this interview, our intent is to allow the viewer to formulate their own thoughts utilizing the information we provide. Due to COVID restrictions, we were not able to obtain an in-person interview. Thankfully, we were able to bypass this by sending over a list of questions, to which we received great replies. As a result, Leo will be operating as a representative for Ms. Segarelli. We are incredibly fortunate for this experience and would like to give a big round of applause to all those who made this possible, including our professor, Ms. Speech, who allowed us the foundation needed to traverse this journey. Throughout the duration of these podcasts, we have learned valuable lessons as well as we have overcome an abundance of problems. As a result, we are proud of our output and we hope a similar feeling resonates with our viewer. Without further interruption, I will now send the audio over to Nick Schrader and Leah Kimball. Thanks again for introducing us to the audience. Leah, why don't you tell us a little bit about Trisha and how she acquired her experience throughout her time in the world of dance. Trisha Zigarelli is the co-owner of Dancework Studio, alongside of Juliana Mirhead. This is their 12th season of business and her 17th year of teaching. She has danced her entire life and graduated from the University of Buffalo with a BA in dance in 2003. She says that she loves her students and loves to watch them grow. It has been an honor to see generations of dancers pass through their doors, and many still come back and keep in contact with her. She states, I definitely couldn't imagine myself doing anything else in life. Primarily, I teach competition-based classes, and each year we will compete at four competitions. She prays that they will be able to compete this season. She also wants to state that she is married with one daughter who is the love of her life and they all reside in Whitesboro, New York. It's very enlightening. What kind of safety protocols are in place for this business? Our safety protocols are as follows. Everyone must wear a mask upon entering the building. Everyone who enters the building must be signed in, have their temperatures taken, have to answer health questions, and apply hand sanitizer. Nobody is allowed with any type of fever, runny nose, cough, or anything like that. Anyone with these symptoms are asked to remain home. Students must bring in limited belongings and no parents or extra people are allowed in the building. Once a dancer enters the studio, they will find their own six by eight foot square to use. They can remove their mask once they are in the square, but most students keep them on for the duration of class. All students and staff wear a mask at all, at all times. What happens when a class ends? Any student that is not in class, whether that's in the lobby or using the restroom, must wear a mask. We spray and disinfect in between classes and thoroughly clean at the end of the night with Lysol, microban, disinfectant wipes, 
they are all used on all surfaces. And for the floors, we steam mop them. When students leave the building, they are to gather belongings and use hand sanitizer again when they leave. Has COVID affected your class sizes? Class sizes are limited to keep the number of people in each studio down. Some classes are closed because of this. Normally, we would be able to take more students, but with these restrictions right now, we cannot. Do you consider the safety precautions strict, in your opinion? I feel the safety precautions are as strict as they can be for our type of business. We are following all guidelines to keep things as safe as possible for our staff and for anyone who enters our facility. We don't mind doing anything extra to keep people safe. What happens if you were to disregard the guidelines? If we were to disregard the guidelines, there's no way we could be open to operate our business. There would be too many people not being socially distant, and many times over the years, students would come in with certain symptoms, like the runny nose, but now we cannot allow it. We would never disregard these guidelines as we need to keep our own families and our clients' families safe. Have these protocols hampered your business in any ways that you expect? These protocols have added extra work on our staff's behalf, but it's nothing that we cannot handle. The only way it has hampered our business is that some people still do not feel safe returning to dance, even with the protocols in place. Of course, we respect everyone's decision to return to dance or not. Has COVID affected your travel business? The only time we travel in our business is for competitions. And yes, it has affected us. Does it only affect your competitions locally or nationally as well? We were supposed to complete locally as well as Syracuse and Vernon this summer, and everything has been canceled. It has been a difficult time for our competition team because they never got to finish out their season. With purchasing costumes for performances, was there any issues with purchasing? Thankfully, most of our costumes were purchased before COVID hit, so we were lucky to have everything in place. However, some of the recreational classes that did not receive their costumes had to wait since production on the costumes was halted and companies were not able to operate. All costumes did eventually arrive, but it absolutely took much longer than it should have. What social media platforms do you use? We use Facebook, Instagram, and our website for social media and advertising. What are you doing to market your business on these sites? We place ads on our social media in regards to registration, master classes, or specialty camps that take place at our studio. We also share photos and videos of our students in class. To have people see our dancers is the best way to market ourselves because our students are the best representation of us, what we do and what we believe in. Which social media platform would you say is most effective for you? We find Facebook and Instagram to be most effective. We used to advertise in the town crier, but we definitely have more questions and calls coming from our Facebook and Instagram medias. What kind of products do you sell as a business? We used to sell some DWS apparel in our business, but currently we do not sell any products like that. We also used to have a few snack options for the kids, but due to COVID, we have 
had to stop that as well. As of right now, we are only selling water, which is for sale for a dollar. How has COVID affected your pricing? COVID has affected us being that we could not open to operate and therefore people were not paying tuition. We did offer our full schedule via Zoom starting from March 15th straight through June for those that wish to participate. Interesting. So with those Zoom classes, um, where you ended up charging tuition or anything like that when your business was shut down? With the Zoom classes, we did not charge tuition, but rather asked for donations and lineal of class we, classes we provided. Many people paid something and many paid their normal tuition. We were very grateful for this as it helped us pay our bills and rent to keep our business alive. Without people's generosity, I'm not sure if we would have survived this. As far as if we raised our pricing for the 2020-2021 season, no, we did not. We understand our business is a luxury and we want families to know that we understand what a hard time this is for all of us. Ideally, we should have raised our pricing in order to make ends meet. So this is something that we may be looking into in the near future. Everyone can appreciate your understanding and hopefully continue to support you. And speaking of, has COVID made less people join than what you normally would see in a typical month? Some people did not return to dance due to COVID, but many did, and some new students joined as well. As stated before, classes have been capped to keep numbers low, which has appealed to some people. For many parents, they wanted their children to get back to some kind of normalcy. So by following all of our guidelines, we have been open since July, when we started our four-week summer session. What is the average price per class? Is there a wide variety of classes to accommodate all the individuals that you have? We have monthly tuition. For an hour class per month, the cost is around $48. For students who are maxed out, they take at least four classes. It's about 170 per month. In the max out program, a student could take, as of the following, tap, jazz, ballet, point, modern, hip hop, and technique classes. As for private lessons, those are extra fee. So where are you located and why did you choose the location that you did? We are located at Fort Riverside Drive in North Utica. We like our location because it's easy to get from New Hartford, Whitesboro, Clinton, and beyond. We also are right off exit 31, which makes it easy if people are traveling from farther away. There's a gas station right across the street and restaurants and shopping just minutes away. Speaking of, who is your target consumers? Our target demographic are children of ages two to 18 for regular classes but we do offer an adult class as well. Thanks again, Trisha, for allowing us to utilize your business as a model for the podcast, along with thankful, thank, being thankful for Leah for being able to opt in for Trisha to answer these questions. Back to our regular writer, Zachary Nordstrom. I gotta do that ending again. Thanks, Nick and Leah. We appreciate your professionalism and hard work. Additionally, we would like to reiterate, reiterate our thankfulness to the owner of the business, DanceWorks Studios, Trisha Zagarelli. After the interview, it appears we had several similarities to the businesses that came before her. For example, 
our owner's commitment to safety has been a reoccurring fact. These owners have taken their personal safety as well as their consumer safety seriously. In a time where facts can be twisted, we appreciate the dedication and honesty. Another point of interest is the issue of rates. In a normal year, inflation rates are seen around 3%, which businesses are able to annually adjust for. However, this year has had several impacts on the United States economy, and the effects can be seen at DanceWork Studios. Ms. Cigarelli communicates her understanding for the business structure and its target consumer. While dance is considered a luxury, many of the students find the studio becomes a second home. As a result, the owner finds herself torn between the necessity of raising pricing and the importance of providing affordable opportunities. As an onlooker, we appreciate the honesty when steering through such uncharted water. In our group's opinion, we would like to see this business continue to have the community impact that it does. With that being said, we earnestly ask the owner to continually operate with such a sincere goal in her mind. The COVID Realm was brought to you by Mohawk Valley Community College, the Anchor Podcast app, and most importantly, Miss Michelle's speech and the marketing department. Through their instruction and guidance, we were able to amass a short series of podcasts where we interview several businesses. Some of the main focuses of these podcasts were the four P's of marketing, product, price, promotion, and placement, as well as the differences between sole proprietorship and a franchise. Our last podcast harps on the safety protocols and the impact that it has on the businesses at hand. We thank our contributors, and one last time, we would like to give a very special thanks to our members of the realm. The members consist of Sylvia Meyer, Leah Kimball, Brennan Borst, Nick Schrader, and myself, Zachary Nordstrom. I'm glad you were able to visit, and I hope your journey continues to be insightful. Thank you. Our podcast team consists of our Director of Design, Sylvia Meyer, and my favorite part was all the bloopers that didn't make the cut. Our Editor of Evolution is Leah Kimball, and my favorite part was getting to know new people and making new friends. Our Recorder of Righteousness is Brendan Borst, and my favorite part was getting to know my podcast group better. Our interviewer of intellect is... Nick Schrader, and my favorite part was being able to interview various clients. And our wriggly writer is... Myself, Zachary Nordstrom, and my favorite part was being able to work on my articulation of words as well as formulating thoughts that affect the business world. I am glad you were able to visit, and I hope your journey continues to be insightful. Thank you. Well, everybody, I say to end this on a great note of our last episode, we should go back and look back at all of the bloopers that we had. We hope you guys enjoy and get a laughter as much as we got a laughter out of it. Thank you. The members of the realm consist of... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, can I read? Hello, creatures of the COVID realm. We appreciate your presence today and hope to intrigue your ears and stimulate your imagination. While the realm... Uh...